You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 464. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP464. There. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Hey, hey, pod people. Amy here, and we are continuing on with our mini-series all about achievement and goal setting. So last week, we had a really awesome dial and expert episode with the brilliant Tara McMullen. And if you did not catch that, you will want to. She's actually written a book all about her process in relinquishing a really toxic relationship to overachieving and goal setting. So check that one out. Next week, we're going to be talking about dealing with knowing when to quit a goal, when to persevere, when to throw in the towel, how that kind of intersects with perfectionism and feeling like you have to accomplish certain things. But today, we are going to dig into the obsession with achievement and what to do about it. So the first thing that I want to underline before we jump into this is that achievement in and of itself is not a problem. So what you are not going to find in this episode is a chastisement of wanting to set goals, of wanting to achieve, of caring about excellence. I personally have a value around accuracy and precision. That stuff is incredibly important to me. What I want to really delineate today is the difference between achievement bringing you fulfillment, actually contributing to your life, and in essence, contributing to your happiness versus when it steals your joy, robs you of other things that you want in your life, and postpones or delays your happiness. That's what we're really going to be looking at. I think that far more often than not, we become kind of rigid in how we describe different things in the personal development world, and we create a binary. And we say like perfectionism is always a bad thing or people pleasing is always a bad thing or self-love at all costs. And it's like, well, maybe not. You know, there's a lot, a lot of nuance and achievement is one of those things that has a lot of nuance wrapped up inside of it. Now, you probably are aware that I tend to work with women who 
are high achievers who struggle with perfectionism or people-pleasing in such a way that it's debilitating to their life. And that's what we're going to talk about is how can we shift this achievement so that it's actually really contributing to our happiness and our fulfillment. So here's what I think is really interesting. Let's start off with a definition of what overachieving actually is. Then we're going to move into why we overachieve, like what is sort of the genesis or the impetus behind why we do this? What are some of the negative repercussions if we allow it to go unchecked? And then finally, what can we do about it? So let's start off here with this definition. The actual definition of overachieving is performing better or achieving more than what is expected or the standard. Okay. Now, when I first read this definition, I was like, sign me the fuck up. Yes. To me, that's an A+. I don't want to be a C. I don't want to be an average. I want to be the A fucking plus, right? But I want to use a different definition here because that definition, performing better or achieving more than is expected or the standard, is essentially perfectionism, right? So there is a direct correlation between perfectionism and achievement. Shocker, right? I think the same thing can apply to perfectionism. Is it always a bad thing? Not necessarily. If you are a fucking surgeon, (laughs) a brain surgeon, perfectionism is mandatory for people to survive, right? Like that's not a situation where we ever want a C plus day. We need a fucking plus. So I think it's important to recognize that there's nuance with all of these things. But let's work with overachievement as a different concept, with a different definition. I want to look at it from the standpoint of an obsession to achieve at all costs. So that the achievement part is not the problem. The overachievement is the problem, the over part. So let's allow ourselves to care about excellence, to strive for excellence, to want to achieve, but let's notice when it goes overboard. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Okay, so let's talk about why we overachieve. Where does this pull come from to have this obsession with achievement at kind of all costs? Well, first of all, it is likely rooted in some sort of deep-seated belief that this is how you prove your worth. I cannot tell you how many clients, students, individuals who I've worked with in any shape or form feel as though this is how they are worthy. This is how they are enough by what they do, by what they accomplish. Now, you can also accomplish things or achieve certain things and feel worthy the whole damn time. And that's what we want to kind of change the trajectory. So instead of feeling like I'll be worthy when I achieve this thing or when I accomplish this goal, what if we just believed we were worthy and enough now 
as is, and then achieving that goal is in service of us. It's actually contributing to our happiness. And if we didn't achieve it, hey, we'll probably be disappointed. We'll probably have some of the regular feelings that go along with not achieving something that you've wanted, like disappointment or sadness. But you are not destroyed. That is a big difference. I think this idea that once you learn personal development, you're never going to feel uncomfortable emotions again, that's not true at all, right? We're still going to experience things that are uncomfortable. However, what we want is our resilience to be far, far more robust, and we want to not be destroyed by someone not loving us or not getting the job that we wanted or not being able to travel the way that we had hoped or any other number of goals that we might have attained for ourselves. I'll give you an example. I had a goal of getting my book published by the time that I was 40. Uh, I'm going to be 44 in May. (laughs) And that book hasn't come out yet. Now, was I disappointed? Yeah, I was kind of disappointed in myself, but I wasn't destroyed. The idea that I didn't accomplish that goal did not send me into a self-worth spiral of self-hatred. That's where we want to get, okay? And I'm not you know, trying to toot my own horn or anything like that. But I that has taken years and years of practice, of realizing that those things that I want to strive for are about my fulfillment, not another vehicle to chastise myself or to gauge my self-worth, okay? Likely, you have had some sort of childhood messaging, fear about who you are if you don't achieve or who you are without it. Maybe there is a really strong focus on approval addiction. Most of this stuff stems from our childhood, and it can be from a ton of different influences. I know for myself, my parents were not super rigid. They weren't telling me I had to get all these perfect grades or anything like that. But I was highly immersed in a religious dogma that really emphasized good versus bad. And so I internalized that in a lot of ways. Like, this is what a good girl does. So even though the influence wasn't directly from my parents, it was still there. So there is likely something that occurred in your youth where you attached to the belief that I can either stay safe, get ahead, be approved of, be loved if I achieve. And there's sort of this attachment of your identity with that. Now, again, it's not a problem if you love yourself and if you feel worthy no matter what. The problem that happens is when we say, I'm I'm a total piece of shit unless I get this degree or unless I'm valedictorian or unless I get this promotion. And then it sends you into the depths of despair if it doesn't happen. That's what we're trying to mitigate here. Another reason why we overachieve is because we are products of a capitalist society. Capitalism in its essence says you must produce in order to be valuable. We saw this (laughs) pretty prevalently with how the CDC started changing their recommendations for when people could go back to work after they had 
had COVID-19. So at first, we were pretty precautionary. And then it became, ah, no, we actually need people to produce more than we need them to really caretake for their health. So uh, yeah, let's get a little more lax with that. How about five days? Five days sounds good. Or actually, if you don't have symptoms, don't don't even worry about it. Now, I'm not talking about getting into a big fucking debate about it. What I'm saying is our society highly values an individual for what they can produce. I think it's one of the reasons why if you are on disability in this culture, it is such a shameful thing, which is absolutely asinine, right? The idea that you could not produce things for our society must mean you don't matter, which is absolutely ludicrous. But it is extremely capitalistic. So it's congruent with with sort of what we've been taught. And I think it's also one of the reasons why we have a really difficult time resting and relaxing, but we're going to get more into that. Another one of the reasons why we overachieve is because of a patriarchal and white supremacist society. Here's what I mean by that. Marginalized identities, no matter what form that takes, whether that is being in a female body, a fat body, a body of color, a disabled body, a gay or queer body, doesn't matter what it is as far as the marginalized identity, there is an understanding culturally that you have to work harder to prove yourself to prove that you deserve to be here that you are, that you matter that you are valuable that hustle is bullshit first of all but where does that leave us if we genuinely do want to show that we deserve to be here and our society says the only way you can do that is hustle and achievement right and it's where we see all of these stories of look at this person who grew up underprivileged and what they were able to create. And so we miss all of the other pieces of the economic puzzle that really does disenfranchise folks. So I'm not going to get into that too much, but I just want us to understand that this is not just me making my life hard for the sake of making my life hard. We have a lot of social influences that have have determined these types of behavioral mechanisms. All right, so let's talk about some of the negative repercussions. Obviously, there are a ton of great ones, right? It's attaining the goals. That is the major piece of it. It is feeling like a, quote, success. But there are negative ramifications of having a toxic relationship with achievement. First and foremost, which I think is probably one of the biggest ones, is a delay of happiness. So we go through this process of hustle, hustle, hustle. We reach the destination or the objective. We fail to celebrate when we attain it. Like, let's say we attain it. We fail to celebrate. We kind of have this notion of, okay, what's next? Or that's still not enough. And then we go, okay, what's the next thing I can achieve? Hustle, 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 right? And this cycle continues. And then sometimes we start with the hustle, we get to the destination, or we don't. We don't achieve that thing. 
And then we're sent into this massive identity crisis. We're destroyed by it. We can't move on from it because we've attached so much of our self-worth to that particular goal that we have a difficult time finding our worth outside of that. And then the cycle continues. Then we go, you know what it is? I must have been shooting for the wrong goal. Let's switch the dangling carrot. And now I can go after this other thing. And surely then I will attain my worth. Surely then I will be happy. And what that process does is it puts your happiness way far in front of you where it's just never attainable. You're always in the striving. You're always in the hustle. You're not in the present moment. You're not in the fulfillment or the happiness. And that's what can happen when we have such an extreme focus on the objective or the destination. Another big uh, repercussion is focusing on what's missing or lacking and missing all of the things that we actually have accomplished. So instead of really honoring or celebrating that you did get a promotion, we focus on, I should have gotten this two years ago, right? We we lock on to the wrong information because again, if we really believed that we were worthy, if we really believed that we mattered, we would be celebrating the fuck out of it. We would be going, hell yes, you are a bad bitch, but we're not. We're focusing on the lack, the scarcity, what we haven't accomplished, what we haven't done. Another negative repercussion is a really difficult time slowing down, resting, and having fun. We have this love affair with hustle, and we ignore and abandon the resting and the fun element. In fact, I did an episode quite a while ago, I will link to it in the show notes, about rest. I think I did it about about three years ago, maybe. And it really hit me like a ton of bricks because I can absolutely slide into this overachievement tendency. And I realized that one of the most severe costs was the ability to come down, right? To just recharge. And our nervous systems are not programmed to do that. They're not programmed to be constantly surveying for threat and putting out fires and being in that sympathetic nervous system. We need to come down into the parasympathetic so that we can actually recharge our batteries. It's sort of like the primitive equivalent of being chased by a lion constantly, all the time, at every moment. Our bodies aren't designed for that. It's like, okay, here I am in danger. Here's some threat. Now I have the time to be in my nice little hut and recharge and relax. And maybe there will be another threat in another day or two or whatever. Now we're in a situation where our nervous systems are at such heightened levels that it's difficult for us to come down and really recognize that, okay, shit, I'm not being chased by a lion. And modern day lions are all the shit that your kids need to do and hustling to get them over to their soccer practice, making sure that you're handling dinner, making sure that you are taking care of your own fitness and rushing to the gym and getting home. And then I got to still get on the computer and work on this thing because I'm afraid that my boss might be pissed at me. And oh my gosh. And then I also have this other extracurricular thing I'm doing and I'm volunteering and blah, blah. That is being in a place where you're constantly looking out for the lion, right? There's some sort of threat and we're not designed 
to do that. We have to have some rest. And I, I realized that myself recently. We had a really fantastic trip to Chicago a while ago, and I was in a huge work project prior to leaving, and there were some lions after me. We had a massive tech issue where uh, this my site crashed and all sorts of things. And I was fighting off all these lions. I was trying to pack. I was trying to do all these things. And then by the time we got on our vacation, it took me about two solid days before I could come down from that, before I could actually relax because my body was in such a heightened sympathetic space as far as my nervous system is concerned. Another thing I wanted to mention about this, and I did an episode on this as well, which is the top five regrets of the dying. And I've talked about this many times, but the second top reason or the top regret that folks have when they're transitioning from this world to the next is I wish I hadn't worked as hard. I wish I hadn't worked as hard. Hello? Like, on our deathbed, the great equalizer that we all experience, one out of everyone dies, right? Doesn't matter how affluent you are. Doesn't matter your race, creed, religion, whatever. Doesn't matter any of that. It comes for all of us. So isn't that so curious that one of those common regrets is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard, yet that's all we fucking do? Like, come on. So having that difficulty to slow down, rest, and have fun, and having that sort of love affair with hustle. And again, I think this is pretty subconscious. I don't really think any of us are like, you know what I want to do when I grow up? Burnout. <laughs> like we none of us do that. I can't wait for fucking burnout. None of us do that. We're part of this again culture and society that says here's how you can be worthy. Here's how you can be enough. Another negative repercussion is it can interrupt relationships. I had an, a situation like this many many years ago. This is probably god 20 15 20 years ago. And I was working as a corporate trainer for a prestige makeup brand. And I would be on my computer kind of late, late at night, looking at spreadsheets about fucking lipstick sales and dumb, dumb stuff like that. And I remember Mr. Smith came into the bedroom. At one point, he had been watching TV in the other room, you know, sort of our downtime, our time to connect after work. And I was choosing to still work in bed on these dumb lipstick spreadsheets. And he comes in in his super gentle giant way. He opens the door. He looks at me and he goes, I really don't think you're making the best decision right now. And he wasn't being controlling or condescending or anything like that. He was really saying like, is this really how you want to spend your time? And it wasn't until many breakdowns later that I had a reckoning with this type of achievement and this type of hustle. And I realized I don't, first of all, I don't want to be working my fingers to the bone for somebody else's fucking dream. If I'm going to work that hard, it's got to be for my dream, not someone else's lipstick dream. <laughs> and that really was when I became 
enamored with the coaching world and personal development and started actively shifting into that. But that was a really solid wake-up call there of like, hello, this is impeding our marriage. And that job, that continual strive to achieve, to be the next person in line for promotions and, you know, they had a really strong succession planning uh system set up in that organization. So everyone was about like, what's the next promotion? What's the next promotion? What's next for you? What's next? And I constantly was pushing that. And I remember I did get one, uh, at one point I did get a promotion and I remember telling my husband, I'm so happy. Oh my God, I'm so happy. And I genuinely was celebrating. And he goes, for now, for now. And it was, it, it was, again, his loving way of saying, you aren't satisfied without this crazy hustle. And what is that about? And that was before we really had a, a deep understanding about personal development and learning and growing and acknowledging some of these patterns. But it can interrupt your relationships, y'all. It can impede you actually going after relationships like getting back into the dating scene or finding somebody that you are really viscerally and spiritually connected with. It can impede you from connecting with your friends and family or attracting rich friendships. And I'm not saying, again, that we're going to get rid of achievement at all costs. I'm going to say, let's put it in its proper place so that it's not creating this monopoly over your life. So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who couldn't use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking where they can get in touch with me because listen, it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice, take up space and advocate for their wants, needs and opinions like yesterday. And if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group, you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me. (laughs) And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. Let's jump back to the show. 
Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And you know I'm a huge fan of therapy. I like to say, if you don't think that you need therapy, then you probably need therapy. Because listen, without a healthy mind, being really, truly happy and at peace can really be a challenge. But the good news is that therapy really does work. So whatever you need help with, it is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better, okay? Because you deserve to be happy. Here's the deal. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Hello, introverts. I see you out there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have over 20,000 therapists in their network, which gives you way, way more options than your immediate geographical area. And it's also available for clients worldwide. Much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. In fact, a member of my family just started and totally loves it. It is always a good time to invest in yourself because you deserve it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Bold Face Truth podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bold truth. That's betterhelp.com slash bold truth or enter the code bold truth at checkout again to save 10% off your very first month. All right, let's get back to the show. Another way it shows up sometimes as a negative repercussion is excessive judgment of others. It's the way in which you see somebody else establishing a boundary maybe with their work life and you want to talk shit on them. Or if they don't want to hustle and grow to the next level, you kind of look down on them. And that is a very different thing than going, hey, I'm fulfilled in this way. You're fulfilled in that way. Awesome. Let's all have our own methods of fulfillment. Judgment is saying there's one right way, and I am the only one who's doing it the right way. And coincidentally, this right way also has me fucking suffering. So what the hell? (laughs) All right. So what do we do about it? If you're listening and you're going, ah, yeah, I got a handful of those. What the hell do I do about it? Well, I'm going to go through five different things that you can do. And I and because everyone's an overachiever listening to this, I want you to pick just one or two that you can actually gain some traction on this week, okay? You don't have to do all five, but I would like to see you get some sort of traction around letting go of really being obsessed with achievement. Let's be obsessed with our own happiness and our own fulfillment. What does that really look like? Okay, because we know that a majority of our behavior, a majority of what we do is fueled by how we feel or how we want to feel. So a lot of times when we are chasing after these goals, it is because we think it's going to allow us to feel something specific. I'm going to feel happy. I'm going to feel worthy. I'm going to feel free. I'm going to feel proud. But what we don't realize is the attainment of those things is not the vehicle to that pride, happiness, fulfillment. We can have that now. 
outside of those things. In fact, there's an amazing song by Alanis Morissette that I fucking love. Okay, it's like any self-respecting Gen Xer, I'm obsessed with Alanis. I have been since the 90s. And there's a song that she has called That I Would Be Good. And she goes through all of these things where she says that I would be good even if I lost my hair and my youth. I would be good even if I did nothing. I would be good if I gained 10 pounds. I would be good if, you know, all of these different things. And in essence, what the message is, is that I am enough. I am worthy no matter what, no matter what I achieve, which is essentially the work that I do in this world. This is the work of Amy Greensmith, <laughs> which is like, likely because it was the lessons that I really needed to learn. Okay, so what do we do about it? Number one, separate what you achieve from your self-worth. This is really what I was just going off about. It's the idea that these things contribute to my happiness my happiness is not contingent on me achieving those things, right? So another example for you, uh, quite a few years ago, it was probably, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I was auditioning for a, th a theater production that I really wanted. Like I genuinely really wanted this one particular role and I was pumped up about it. I felt really prepared. I went in and I didn't get it. So I allowed myself to grieve. I allowed myself to mourn. And so that next day, I really let myself just be in my feels. I let myself ball my eyes out and just process. But I was very clear about what was happening in that moment. That uncomfortable emotion was me mourning that I did not get something that I wanted. It was not me saying I'm not valuable. I'm not worthy. I'm a piece of shit. I can't act. It wasn't me beating myself up. It was me allowing sadness for something I wanted that I did not get. That, my friends, is a very different way to engage with achievement, successes, and failures, right? When you do succeed, you can absolutely relish those things and embrace them and be proud of yourself. In fact, I'm going to encourage you to do that. But that also doesn't mean that you are magically worthy because you achieve those things. It's separate from your self-worth. So here's what you can do. You can build out your own self-worth manifesto. And this is about depicting these are the things that I am not just what I do, not just what I achieve or accomplish. I am compassionate, proud of myself, kind, loving, creative, spirited, hilarious, uh, outgoing, introspective, whatever they happen to be. Like, how do you describe yourself? How? What are those characteristics that you want to claim and say, this is who I am, no matter if I get this promotion or I don't? What are those things for you? 
And you can make that an art project if you want. You can make it just something you type up and put on your screensaver. But just I am. What are you? What are you wanting to claim about who you are outside of attachments, outside of accomplishments? These are the things that make you up, make you you. So let's claim those. Number two, celebrate your success. Okay, work on accepting compliments. One of the things that can really happen if you're not bolstered in self-worth and you've gotten caught in this cycle of hustle, achieve, hustle, achieve, hustle, achieve, most of the time we don't stop ever and really genuinely celebrate and acknowledge ourselves. Commend ourselves for working hard, for accomplishing something, for the tenacity that it took, for the commitment that it took, not just the thing that was achieved, but who you were being in order to get there. That always deserves celebration, whether you achieved it or you didn't. But let's, for God's sakes, not get stuck in that place of accomplishing a goal and not celebrating it. If we're chasing after a feeling, if we want to accomplish these things because of how we think it's going to make us feel, let's allow the celebration. This goes for compliments as well. When somebody says, wow, that was a really incredible presentation, or I really admire what you brought to that meeting, or you know, you really are a hot contender for this promotion, or I am so impressed with how your brain works. My brain does not work that way, and it's so awesome to see you share this with a company or whatever. Those things are yours to relish. Now, they don't mean that you're worthy, right? We're still not tethering that to our worthiness. But you sure as fuck get to enjoy them. You get to feel a sense of pride. You get to feel happy. You get to feel celebrated. You are allowed to embrace that, okay? Number three, nurture your identity outside of what you are striving for. What else brings you fulfillment? This is one of the reasons why in my signature program, Worthy, and in my signature program, Prior, We always talk about values because values are the components that must be present in your life in order for you to be fulfilled. They aren't things like, I'm trying to think how it's normally portrayed. Values a lot of times are like, I value family and I value the, yes, of course you do. A fucking of course you do. But there are elements that must be present in your life that contribute to your happiness. And when they are missing, when they're not there, you are significantly less fulfilled. You're significantly unhappy. So most of the time when we're really unhappy, we can point to our values and go, hmm, is there something that I'm not honoring here? So for example, I might have a value around achievement, right? I may also have a value around creativity or health and wellness, human connection. These are actually some of my my values. Now, if I am putting all of my energy, all of my identity into only achieving, my human connection value isn't being honored. I'm not getting able, I'm not able to commune with other folks who I love and am filled up by. 
that was one of the reasons why, you know, I was saying sometimes our relationships suffer. If I'm always focused on achieving this goal, this goal, this goal, and I'm not allowing myself to do a creative project just for the fuck of it, like getting involved in cross-stitch, which I love, or soap making, or or creating new graphics for my business, which I love doing, which is often not mandatory, but I love doing it. Or going crazy for Halloween, which is what we've been doing lately. I need to have a creative element that isn't about achieving some sort of massive, quote, success or lofty ambition. Can that be present? Sure, absolutely. Let that be present. But let's also tend to other things in our life that bring us happiness. How long has it been since you connected with your niece or nephew? Or really had some awesome time with your kids? You know, those sorts of things. Or your best friend. Maybe you've had too much time with the kids and you haven't had a great adult deep conversation with people you love for a minute. Or maybe your marriage or your relationship is completely non-existent because of your focus in this other area. Are we going to stay focused on it? Fuck yes. But we're also going to allocate some bandwidth, time, and energy to other values, to other things that bring us fulfillment. All right. Number four, recognize when achievement is in service of you and when it is actually stealing your joy. We've been dancing around this a lot today, but I want to give you a, a a tool, a couple of tools to help you with this. One is on a scale of one to 10, one being zero fulfillment, like I am unhappy and not not good right now. This could also show up as numbing, like I'm constantly turning to food, I'm constantly turning to booze, I'm constantly turning to prescription medication or zoning out or not being present because I'm so fucking unhappy in this quote, perfect career that I have, (laughs) right? On a scale of one to 10, one being zero fulfillment, 10 being massive fulfillment, where does this goal fall? Where does this goal fall? So when I am working toward this thing that I want to achieve or this, maybe it is a specific role of like, I want to be the president of my HOA or the PTO or some organization, and I'm pushing, pushing, pushing. All of the pushing that comes along with it, if I were to rank this on a scale of one to 10 around how fulfilled does this make me, where does it fall? If it's a five, we should be giving a five amount of energy. (laughs) right? We should not be giving it all of our energy if it's not that fucking fulfilling. We're going to be talking about this a lot next week too, around when do we start letting go of some of these goals? How do we know if we need to let go? Another thing that you can do around this to recognize when achievement is in service of you and when it's not is to ask yourself, if no one ever knew that I accomplished this goal or accomplished this thing, would I still want to do it? There are things that bring me so much fulfillment, like fucking cross-stitch. That is one of those things that I love doing that it really honestly doesn't matter if somebody ever saw what I produced. It's fun when they do, but I would still do it without the recognition, 100%. 
So keep that in mind too. One of those tools, use that to recognize, is this something that's fulfilling for me or is it some other reason? Like I feel like I have to or it's what I've always known, right? That might be a sign that you really need to work with somebody on this, okay? I'm pointing to myself. Okay, number five, take baby steps towards relaxing and downtime. Again, I did that episode on rest not too long ago. Be sure to check that out. We'll put that in the show notes. I also did not too long ago, actually it was pretty recently, an episode specifically on perfectionism and procrastination. So we'll link to that in the show notes as well because there is such a correlation between the hunt or the obsession for achievement and perfectionism. If you fall in that camp, be sure to check out the show notes. We'll have some more more episodes for you to check out there. Take baby steps towards relaxing and downtime, okay? One of the most simple things that you can do here is to really let yourself do nothing, like just watching TV. You don't have to also be folding laundry or doing your nails. I mean, you absolutely can if you want, but you are allowed to do nothing just to recharge. In addendum to this, I would say you also need to have a self-talk statement ready because you are going to be beating yourself up the whole damn time for not doing something. Hello, capitalism. There we are again. Have a phrase that you can say to yourself, something like, you are allowed to rest. You are allowed to rest. Rest is necessary for your health. This is you taking care of yourself. Any number of phrases like that. And it's likely you're going to have to have that on repeat. You're going to have to keep saying that over and over and over again because we're conditioning a new way of being. Okay? Another baby step with that would be to book something with a friend so that you can kind of connect with them and contribute to your interpersonal relationships. And that can be sort of a bridge of like, okay, I'm still doing something. I'm still connecting with a friend, right? But maybe you're just laying out on the beach or you're just watching a show together. Okay, you don't have to be working toward cleaning out your garage together or some other sort of goal. Okay, now can you have those mixed in? Sure, but I think it's important that you start working on rest, relaxation, downtime, and fun and remind yourself at those times that you are allowed to do this, that this is important that you do this, that this is you taking care of yourself. So have a go-to statement on the ready to remind you that you deserve this. Even if you want to go on a scientific level and you say, it's mandatory that I give my nervous system the chance to come down. I need to nurture my parasympathetic nervous system right now, (laughs) right? Maybe that's the bridge statement that you use. I don't give a shit. Let's just start working on getting to that place of rest and play being integral to your life. All right. So let's just recap these really quickly. What to do about it if you feel like you have an obsession on achievement to the point of detriment. Here's what we're going to do about it. Number one, separate what you achieve from your self-worth. A great way to do that is to create a self-worth manifesto about who you are. 
Number two, celebrate your successes. Start working on drinking in compliments. That also helps you stay in the present moment. Number three, Nurture your identity outside of what you are striving for. Who are you besides a person going after this goal? Take care of those things. Number four, recognize when achievement is in service of you and when it is stealing your joy. Use that scale of one to 10. Ask yourself if no one knew that I accomplished this, would I still want to do it? Use one of those tools. And number five, start taking baby steps towards relaxing and downtime. Un plugging. Remember, nobody says, when I grow up, I want to be burnt out. Nobody says that. Okay. What's the antithesis of that? Relaxing, my friend. Actually getting into that parasympathetic state. All right. I'm hoping that this is helpful. Next week, we're going to be talking about knowing when to let go of a goal or not. That will be our final step our final uh, episode in this mini series around attachment to a toxic goal setting or overachieving. I'm hoping that this has been really helpful for you. If you want some more on this, I don't talk about this that, that much, but I've got a ton of freebies on my site. In fact, I have a free workbook on there uh, that can, it really targets a lot of this stuff that we've been discussing today. And it's called Stand or Speak Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick. And there's a nine different challenges, challenges in there that can help you speak more kindly to yourself, take more action on things that you really want to take action on versus feeling obligated to. I also have a free hypnosis track that I think you might really like specifically around anxiety and fear. So if you go to amygreensmith.com slash free, you will see all of those free options. Get your hands on those. I think they will be amazing resources. And then please share that with folks. If you find it to be really helpful, I've had a handful of people tell me, reach out and just go, oh my gosh, that workbook was so incredibly helpful to me. And I've worked through it and I've already started to see some changes. Please go do that and then share it with other folks. It very, very simple, completely free. And worst case scenario, you learn something and start making some really positive changes. <laughs> that sounds like a good situation to me. All right. So I will see you around these parts next week. And please remember, you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and tell the bold-faced truth. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.